0: Hello everyone. This is Ali Rizazira. This is a new episode of PayTech Talk. Today I have again two wonderful guests with me. I have Gükan Özdenin and Henry De Jong, and we are talking about a very nice topic, the Metaverse. Um, so when I think about Metaverse, uh, for me personally, uh, it is not very clear. But Henry, I think you have a better understanding. So can you explain a little bit what Metaverse is?
1: Yeah. So uh, well, first of all, uh, hello uh, Ali, hello Kukan. I'm hope I'm 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 very happy that we still can meet in real life and not in the in in the metaverse. And uh, well, the the first question that came up to me as we agreed to have a podcast about metaverse, where what exactly is the metaverse and and why is everyone talking about it? And for me, the metaverse is a smooth interaction between the real and the virtual world. And and honestly, why everyone now talks about it, I do not know. Yeah, for me, metaverse is an evolution, not a revolution. And uh, second world has there been for ages. But uh, maybe uh, gogon you you know the answer. Uh, I don't know it. But uh, are FIS clients actively engaging with metaverse?
2: Yes and no. And, and also again to you, uh, mm-hmm. guys and girls in the podcast today. Great to. you and see you again um indeed there are some clients of fis especially in the us who are already in the metaverse like jp morgan or hsbc out of uk but also american express is now currently getting a patent for nfts for enabling clients to offer nfts through the metaverse and they will also immediately join there. And we also have Banco Santander out of Spain who already did their debut in early this year in the Metaverse. So there are some clients already in the Metaverse, but I guess the lion share of financial institutions are still thinking about what the heck I'm, I'm going to do in the Metaverse, you know? I mean... Mm-hmm. Currently, they can't give you some loans, but you know, banks will still want you to sell the dream. You know, just remember the American dream, which was nothing than a loan for your house, and and that is one of the big aims financial institutions have. So, therefore, we had some discussions with some community banks in the U.S. currently about use cases, and we are working on use cases for financial institutions, what they could really do for their clients in the metaverse, and. Unfortunately, you're totally right, Henry Wins, about what the metaverse is. I mean, currently it's just more for the gamers who are gaming all the the day long with their specific games, which are where they can use some tokens from from Decentraland, the Mana, and also the Sandbox and Infinity, Xe Infinity and all the other stuff, you know, and that was where the metaverse raised previously and 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 then afterwards become a, a hype where also big brands like Gucci, Adidas and Nike bought some land over there. And back then I guess it was the peak of uh, the crypto age last year in November December before we had the fall um where every single square of land in the metaverse was so fucking expensive. You know, and if you look now about the prices, they dropped nearly by 50, 60, 70 percent. And it's it's nearly for free getting some some land in the metaverse. And, and that shows us also the sentiment which we have globally regarding the macroeconomical situations. And and and, and people still ask why I need a metaverse and the metaverse is currently nothing then multiple separated virtual reality environments you know and that's building just a huge huge metaverse what we called a metaverse right now so i guess there will be much more things and we're still early stage here like we are with the cryptos and uh, but i think there're much more about regulations but but maybe that's much more for you ali talking about regulations in in virtual worlds and what we can do and maybe expect uh, in the near future
0: yeah, so re- regulation or law in general, when it comes to Metaverse, it is, uh, I think it's even more complicated than talking what Metaverse is. Because I mean, we, we can jump back like 20 years ago when people didn't really understand what the internet means and what internet is and how it works. And during that time, uh, we, we, we faced the evolution, not just of the internet, but also of the law of the internet. So, uh, and if you would think uh, which law applies to the metaverse, you would first of all need to question and think of which jurisdiction law would apply to the metaverse. Because the metaverse as the internet is nothing where you can say it belongs to Germany or the Netherlands. Uh, Metaverse is virtual and um, therefore you would need to look at the actors in the metaverse to then realize how to regulate the metaverse. I mean, to think of how, which civil law applies, which data privacy law applies, and then which comes more to my uh, expertise, which regulation applies or regulatory law applies. Uh, and um, as, as I would say, we are very early still. I mean, if you look at the metaverse, I mean, Gürgen, you can give some nice examples, but uh, I remember a couple of months ago when Snoop Dogg, had a party going on in the metaverse and was taking, I think 500 or 600 euro for entry to his party at the metaverse. I was thinking that is a very funny gag, but actually it is business. And uh, something like Snoop Dogg was doing, and even a bank can do. I mean, a bank can not just open up um, an, uh, an office or branch in the metaverse, but can start to um, offer advice on financial instruments or show, Um, how financial instruments develop like market financial instruments and then we quickly get into regulation of financial instruments and then I would say the metaverse would not be any different from the reality the same law which would apply to the reality would also apply to the metaverse however we would need to understand to whom is it applying and who are the actors who are the obliged people Uh, Mm -hmm. and there are many things then in the metaverse which will uh, jump in, uh, and not just regulation, but also anti-money laundering, data privacy, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so, uh, this is something which is still coming. Huh? Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, maybe we we have to look at the metaverse from a different perspective right now to think what kind of um activities what kind of uh, interaction to the real world uh, can happen and maybe <coughs> um, Henry do you have some yep. examples from Quantos, uh in respect to um like the the bridge between the real world and the metaverse world
1: yeah yeah uh good 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 question um i compare the metaverse and the, and the objects in the metaverse with the iot devices yeah so uh Four, five, six years ago, we started working at Quantos uh, on IoT payments. So machines engaging with other machines. Yeah. So and these machines do have an um, identity because you want to know with whom or what you are dealing. And these machines had a wallet. Yeah. To to make payments and and receive uh, 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 payments. But at the end of the day, this this machine belongs to a company or a person. yeah. So you might have autonomous devices, but at the end of the day, they belong to a company or a person. So um, as I said, we, we started working on a compliant payment infrastructure that enables payments between businesses, consumers and IoT devices Yeah, six years ago. And we've now added uh, virtual devices to this infrastructure yeah so that that basically means that my avatar yeah, which still is connected with me can buy a shirt in a metaverse shop and this metaverse shop is owned by what you said gucci or adidas so at the end it's engaging me with adidas yeah.
0: and this is yeah this is interesting i mean I was looking into the law on IoT and the law on machine-to-machine communication, which is very complicated, because if you have really only two machines which interact with each other and they have some kind of artificial intelligence, uh, then the the, the traditional law which we have, because the traditional law always applies on the action of humans. And so normally you have a machine-to-machine communication, but the machine is... Uh, controlled and um, is is executing the order of a human. So you always have some some intention and some activity by the human. But if we really have a machine to machine communication and you have an IoT device, which is communicating with another IoT device, then we really go into the the regulation and, and legal stuff, which is purely to machines. And at this point, we are also very often law at the beginning and uh, I, I don't think that something is going to happen in the near future in that, that context, which is good for those who want to be active, like who want to do something in the metaverse and want to have some devices being connected to the metaverse, mm-hmm. but uh, which also have its risk because if you don't have regulation at the same time, if you have consumers who do something in the metaverse and then uh, they maybe uh, are victims of fraud or something like that, then it's really difficult to, to, to get. The one responsible for that, uh, and uh, to to make this person to be liable.
1: Uh, you you w- you want, for example, to avoid uh, undesired uh, flows of money. Yeah. So, uh, it's uh, yeah. So otherwise, a, a a device in the metaverse uh, becomes a, a kind of uh, a money laundering machine. Yeah. We we see that already in um, some, uh, some 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 uh, crypto. Uh, uh, worlds where you have the mixers yeah, that act as smart contracts or uh, in, independent uh, uh, actors. Uh, and you just want to avoid that in the metaverse yeah, that uh, devices, uh, avatars, uh, anything that's virtualized is being abused for money laundering or other illegal activities. And I think it's yeah. to to, pre, to prevent that you want to have the connection to the real uh, real world for virtual devices.
2: You know what is interesting? We talked in 2019 to Volkswagen Financial Services to ask about IoT and pay by your car. You know, and that was exactly the blind spot, uh, Ali and Henry, which they mentioned about. Hey, we still have a regulation, an issue with the regulation over there because. If a car pays, you know, who's responsible for that? You no, know? because you're not able to get a dispute or a chargeback by that because it, it was already made by the car. You know, and know, who takes the responsibility for the payments? And that is the same stuff here with the with the metaverse and all the stuff which is going on there. And I and I guess it's a kind of chicken and egg discussion which we have here because you need a financial system. You know, a financial system is required anywhere where you have a kind of exchange of value. So the the thing is, do we need first a financial system and then get the regulation? Or do we get the regulation and then build the financial system on that? I mean, we have that discussion right now with cryptos. We have the cryptos, but we don't have a real regulation. And I guess we all agree when we have a kind of regulation on cryptos, that will take out much of the volatility which we see currently nowadays. But therefore, maybe, maybe all that stable coins and other stuff could be also interesting for the metaverse, Henry, what do you think about the role of stable coins in the metaverse?
1: Yeah, so uh, st- stable coins do no longer exist with uh, MiCar. yeah so the the upcoming uh, Mika regulation uh, called them uh, electronic money tokens but um yeah in my opinion these uh, these tokens will bring economy into the in into the metaverse yeah so not not the cryptocurrencies but digitized money backed by fiat money on a trusted bank account uh, is the basing is the basis for a uh, flourishing metaverse economy yeah because the, the that way you you really connect the virtual and and the real world yeah so
2: you know what that already decentraland release the first official ATM in the Metaverse where you can, you know, pull out and get out money from the ATM. And I guess that that really is the thing which you mentioned here about, you know, something which is backed by fiat money or real currencies behind that. And then you can go into the Gucci shop in the Metaverse or get your Adidas sneakers, you know, pay immediately with that stable coins or electronic money, how it's called right now. Yeah.
0: Yes, and I think what we should also put in mind, when this whole discussion about the metaverse is very close to crypto and blockchain, I think because um, what we can do now when we have the blockchain, we have an Ethereum blockchain, we have smart contracts, we can take out the middleman, we can take out the human. Uh, We can have a smart contract with an if-then clause and uh, can apply that to the metaverse. And uh, I would like to understand what, what you think, what is the role of, blockchain for metaverse. I personally would say, uh, again, coming from a financial industry perspective, I mean, we had robo advisors already before we had metaverse, but still robo advisors were um, designed and controlled by humans. But you can have something like robo advice, uh, let's call it AI advice in the metaverse, with an um, automated, uh, not market maker, but he would be an automated advice maker uh, on the metaverse where you can get your advice uh, or, and you can do your crypto trading, let's say. You can do your investing in a metaverse and uh, some avatar in a metaverse would then give you the, the, right, uh, the right advice on how to do it. And this, mm-hmm. this could be something very interesting. And, and there right. I think you can really use the smart contracts uh, and, and apply them.
1: Yeah. Would, would be a kind of oracle huh? so as, as they call it in the in the in the blockchain world but uh, yeah getting back to your uh, question for, for me blockchain is the uh, enabling technology for the metaverse because it solves the the problems that it solved for the iot devices yeah it gives uh, objects an identity and a wallet and i think there are two prerequisites for for doing business it's uh you want to know with who you are dealing yeah so it's the KYC, know your customer, or or know know your business partner, um, and you want to enable peer to peer payments. So, and to my knowledge, there's no other technology that solves these two issues with one technology.
2: I think the more DeFi is evol- evolving uh, in nowadays, hopefully also in the near future, it will bring together much more the virtual world and also the the real world. You know. And that could be a door opener also for the metaverse and doing business in the metaverse as DeFi is raising it. Then exactly like you mentioned, Ali, you're getting rid of the middleman. You're getting rid of of additional transaction or interchanges fees or something like that. I mean, I'm just talking to to some clients of ours and prospects in the market about how we can enable merchants to pay or getting or accept payments by uh, the blockchain, you know, to to getting rid of the interchange fees they are paying to MasterCard and Visa. I mean, they're tremendous. They're multi-millions or sometimes billions. They have to pay fees because they get charged by those credit card schemes. So imagine how you can save money with paying over the blockchain, paying immediately in real time and and being also having a great liquidity, you know? Exactly. On the corporate side,
1: and and not only that, uh, I think in the in the metaverse, uh, we we are all dealing with digital objects. Yeah, and if if I sell a physical object to someone, I probably can <laughs> can get it back if he doesn't pay. But in in the meta metaverse, how, how do I get my digital object uh, back if the if the customer doesn't pay or if there is a, a a charge back? Yeah, and this is the big advantage of blockchain payments they are uh, instantly settled and irreversible and there is no risk of a chargeback
2: but did you know because that is something which i saw last week interestingly wise on the tv that surgeons who are now getting educated are training in the metaverse how to do a surgery you know How to do that surgery on a heart or on a brain, you know, that microsurgery stuff in the metaverse. That is how they can learn and getting educated, which is also a great use case. I mean, currently the people don't know the real use cases there. We're just thinking about partying like Snoop Dogg, getting sneakers and all that stuff and NFTs. But I, I guess there is much more value and benefit for us as humans in the virtual reality, hopefully, you know in the near future, but clearly we aren't aware about that because mostly we are focusing just on a, on a, on the tip of the iceberg right now, but don't see what's going on in the bottom.
0: Absolutely. And I can imagine that, I mean, this example, I heard about it also, Gercan, uh, but as I saw it in the last 20 years, I think the biggest industry is still the financial industry because there's where the money flows and there is where the liquidity is. And uh, I, I really think that the next, big use cases in the Metaverse will be related to the financial industry. It could be payment, it could be investment, um, and maybe it could be even like a DeFi connected with the Metaverse. This, this could be definitely something, because both DeFi and Metaverse have really something in common that you can... Um, eliminate the middleman. You're not uh, obliged to have anyone interacting. And being in a metaverse where everything is virtual, you don't really need the human interaction. Uh, you need the users, you need the the counterparties, but you don't don't need the middleman. And I think this is something. There's a big there's a big use case for that in the metaverse. Definitely.
2: And maybe what we should discuss also in the next iterations of our roundtables here is identification, because I think. Once we have clarified all the identification, it is easier for us to move in the metaverse, to do business together, you know, and, and to getting recognized. Because as you mentioned, why we need today a middleman. You know, if, if I'm going to get a loan, someone has to check the balances I have. Someone has to check my income. If I'm you know, worthy to get a loan by in financial institutions, and that's why you need mostly a middleman right now, which is, which is a bank or you know, someone who gives you a loan. But if you have clarified that once for all in the blockchain, having your information is available in the blockchain, it's much easier to close business, to do business, and know exactly if someone is, you know, has the right amount of uh, of money in his account or if he's willing, the, the right client for your solutions or for your goods, you know? And that is something which we should maybe also focus much more in, in in the next iterations about how we can solve that KYC identification, digital identity, because that would be also a game changer for us when we do traveling across borders, you know? Why don't, cause I tried to fly to London in the morning which didn't, didn't really happen, unfortunately but I always have to take with me the piece of paper, you know? So when we have that digital identity, we don't need that piece of paper anymore. You know, we can just, I don't know, with a QR code or wh- whatever we have there, you know, to show who we are. What do you think about that, Henry?
1: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm completely with you, but um, I think the three of us are not uh, the experts on uh, digital identities, but... Uh, I think we, we, we all know uh, someone in uh, Frankfurt who has a strong opinion on this and is working in this uh, area for as long as I know him. And um, uh, I, I guess you know who I'm talking about, uh, Gokul.
2: Yeah, I assume there is a gentleman, a bearded gentleman, pretty, pretty nice, smiling and pretty sympathetic,
0: um, but that's up to our host. Um, absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, we should talk to Oliver <laughs> Oliver Nigler, and invite uh, him to our next podcast. And uh, for, for, for those of you who, who, who do not really understand where we're going to, I mean, this is the digital identity and the digital identity, uh, adding to what you said already, Gukhan, is not just important to um, identify yourself if you have the uh, right balances on your bank account. A, a very simple example, I mean, if you are in the in the in the in the metaverse, you don't really know who is your counterpart. Your counterpart can have a nice avatar and this looks like an adult man or adult woman. But in the end of the day, this is maybe someone who's a minor, someone who's like 13, 14 years old. And then imagine that if a financial industry player is starting to sell products to a minor and has not uh, identified its counterpart, Uh, this is terrible and uh, you cannot uh, apply the same traditional identity solutions like a passport or uh, a post-ident in the metaverse this is just not happening it's not working and and there you would need to have a digital identity and this is i think a pretty good use case to have a digital identity um, uh, for for identifying your, your personality, your age, but also identifying your, your source of income and everything which is related to KYC and anti-money laundering stuff. Um, but as you said, as you both said, uh, we three are not the right experts to talk that much about digital identity, but I would be very happy to have on our next podcast, uh, Oliver, and I will reach out to him. And uh, um, I'm pretty sure that the, the listeners today will have the pleasure to uh, listen next time, not just to the three of us, but also to Oliver. And we are going to talk to digital identity, uh, not just in relation to the metaverse, but digital identity in general. Uh, and I think this is a pretty good idea. Sounds like a plan. Yep, agree. Great. So, looking at the time, uh, this was a nice uh, short podcast again. Uh, but we want to, to to keep our other ideas and, uh, and information for the next podcast and try to uh, yeah, push you to listen to our next podcast. And I would like to thank you, Henry, and also Gökhan for being with me today again and uh, would say uh, uh, listen to you soon again. Okay.
1: Thanks again the pleasure for the was mine. Thank you. and uh, see you soon again. Bye-bye.
2: Have a great one.